Hey, I'm Ruben from Dub. Welcome to Connection Loop, our actionable podcast about building businesses with daily human connections. Connection Loop features long form interviews with fascinating people in sales, marketing, and beyond. Enjoy today's episode and learn more about Dub at dub.com. And we are live. Hey guys, this is Ruben from Dub, and I'm on with Liz. And we are going to get into a topic that I think anyone in sales or anyone that's trying to do any outreach, anything where you're kind of client facing, some of the language that you should use and maybe not use. <laughs> so I just uh, had kind of opened this up with some of the things that I think people are saying, like, I'm just following up and, you know, there's a limited time offer. And Liz is an expert in this topic. She's written multiple books. There's two that we're going to talk about. Um, Liz, what is the problem that's going on here and how do we solve it? Well, the main problem is everyone is sounding like everyone else. Okay. And we're speaking the same language as everyone else. We're trying to get someone's attention using the same language as everyone else. And it's not enough to cut through the noise anymore. And mm. what it's doing is it's just causing people to blend in. It's causing people to get deleted. It's causing people to have to send more emails than they should because they're not saying something that's rising above the noise. Mm. And for example, when someone says, I'd love to get 15 or 20 minutes of your time. I'd love to get on your calendar. I'd love to find out more about who you are. I'd love to show you what I do. And what they don't realize is I would love is code for I'm self-serving. <laughs> <laughs> Send me your money. <laughs> yeah, it's like I would love it, but you didn't ask me if I would love it. You didn't mm. invite me into a conversation. Mm. You basically told me what you would love to do to me. Mm. And if we're not inviting people into conversations and feeling like it's collaborative instead of one sided, then those people are thinking to themselves, Sure, you want to schedule time with me. You want to sell me something. Of course, you'd love 15 minutes of my time. You want to waste it. And unless we're <laughs> dropping value, unless we're getting inside someone's inbox with something to say that adds value, you're not getting a sliver of my time. And if you're not inviting me, I'm deleting you. Okay, that, that's a mic drop moment. <laughs> um, I'd love to is something that a lot of us say. Um, I think the reason why I used to say it is because <laughs> is because it there's something vulnerable about it that word love you know it's like it I'm I'm opening my heart to you you know the problem is exactly what you just said where it is I really want this so that I can achieve my goals exactly how is it that we can peel the onion in our rhetoric and actually go to that vulnerable place and go to that compassionate, empathetic place without using this stuff that we've been trained to use and that we keep hearing. It's not only being trained to use, people are, people are still teaching this, but it's also that we're on massive autopilot mm. where people are not stopping long enough throughout their whole prospecting message or voicemail message or video message and saying, okay, am I, am I actually hitting the impact that I want to hit? Am I saying what I want to say? How is it going to land on the other person? Is it client serving or is it self-serving? And I talk to so many people who promote themselves as client centric and I'm all about the client and everything we do is all about the client. And I read their emails and I read their, uh, some of the messages they're sending or listen to some of their sales calls and they're anything but client centric. They're all very self-centric. 
And so it's taking a look at the language and how many words or how many sentences your uh, emails are starting with the word I, what mm. I would like, what I would like to show you, what we have, what our platform does versus making it about the other person, leading with their pains, problems, challenges, issues, headaches, heartaches, dilemmas, all the things that if you know your customers really well, you know what they're dealing with. You know the issues that they're having. For example, I do a lot of work with uh, law firms and I teach attorneys how to sell themselves as mm. well as business owners, but attorneys are finding that they've got to sell themselves now. And they're, they, all over their website, it says that they're client-centric and we care about our clients and we, we care about who you are as a human being. And yet then they get into a consultation and the consultation is, let me tell you all about our firm and how great we are and how we can help you. No different than any other company, but they're leading with themselves versus actually uh, having a conversation about the problem that someone's having. So if I was going to send an email to a, a family law firm, if I was prospecting, I wouldn't start with, hi, my name is Liz and I can help you close more business and win more business. I would say something like, I know right now many law firms are struggling with, or they're running interference around, or they find themselves spending a fortune on marketing, but those marketing leads aren't converting into clients. So I wanna, I do call it the verbal two by four. You want a sentence or something out of the gate that, that gets their attention because mm. you saying, hi, how are you? Hope you had a good weekend. I hope all is well. I hope you're having a great Friday. All of that stuff is the same as everyone else is saying. And I know people are trying to be nice, but it doesn't capture anybody's attention. What it does is it aggravates and it irritates. And I know that's not what you wanna do. People are not prospecting all day to aggravate and irritate people, but they will if they keep using that same crap language. It's, it's such an important topic that you're bringing up. And a lot of people just, I think, don't have the guts to kind of talk with this type of rhetoric and this type of, insight that I think you're bringing up. I think that you nailed it when you said it earlier that we're, we're stuck. It's, it's like these bad habits. And, you know, it's uh, my, my firm belief is that it's our creativity and it's our empathy that ultimately is going to allow us to win in business. Because without those two things, I don't think anything else happens. Technology is a product of solving problems. And selling is, an un, is, to your point, is understanding what their pain points are, what their problems are, and then providing some sort of a solution or value. Exactly. Yep. Right? Well so said. So isn't it that we're just a little bit complacent, you know? Yep. And isn't it that we're just like, oh, I've heard that a hundred times before. It's almost like people, it, people go to their LinkedIn inboxes, and I'm sure it's like this for you. You go to your LinkedIn inbox, and you're like, oh, my good gosh, there is like an insane number of like messages here with people just trying to sell me stuff it, i'm like but... i don't even know I, I like i can't even get to reading some of these people and then every once in a while i'll find something and of course i'm always sold with videos anytime there's a video in there because of course you know dub we we, we let people send videos on linkedin but anytime we see that then i'm like okay I'll, I'll take i'll give that a watch um but for the most part i it's just noise to me so give us give us some some more mic drop moments and some insight <laughs> in, on how to break through this and to start anew well, it's it's taking what you would normally pitch everybody out there. Picture yourself opening up a, a email message, and the mm. first few sentences that you say will either 
make or break what happens next. They might, you may have the greatest message in there, but if you're saying to someone, I know you're busy, so I won't take up too much of your time. I know you get a lot of emails, so I'll be brief. Or starting out by saying, real quick, I just have a question for you. You are wasting precious seconds with crap that is from the 1990s. <laughs> I just and, need two minutes of your time. <laughs> right, right. You're, what you're telling me is if you need two minutes of my time, then what you have to say can't be worth anything if you can't explain it in two minutes. And, we're starting out messages that, you know, I hope you're not, uh, um, I hope I'm not bothering you. Or I hope you're having a good day. Anything like that, those pleasantries. Unfortunately, what happens is many of those end up in people's spam filters. Because if you've ever noticed, a lot of your spam messages start out that way. Hi, Liz. I hope you had a great weekend. Or mm. I hope you're having a great day. I hope this day finds you productive. All that crap. That's the first thing that someone sees in an email message and a lot of times never even gets through into your inbox. Or if it does, you delete it before you even read it because it's triggering something in your brain that spam, garbage, waste of my time. I'm not opening up this email. The alt title of this, of this podcast could be how to find annoying salesy spammy emails in your box and automate them going to your trash box. <laughs> Exactly. So all I do is teach people to lose that, lose the pleasantries. Now, I'm not saying don't be nice. I'm not saying you're not a kind person. What I'm saying is I teach people how to re-engineer their emails so that the meat comes first and then the bones come at the bottom. You could mm. say to someone, oh, P.S., hope you had a great weekend. Or at the end, say, I hope you have a great day. You can say that. But don't put it in the beginning like everyone else is doing because it's causing the same reaction. Mm. I want people to get to the meat right away because we only have, what, 2.2 seconds to get someone's attention? Why would you want to waste it on saying, I know you're busy and I'm not, so I won't waste any of your time. <laughs> right. We're all busy. Mm. Toddlers are busy these days. We all have stuff going on. Yeah. All right, so I I'm gonna put myself out there. I'm gonna make myself a little vulnerable here. I'm gonna I'm gonna allow you to use us as a case study, and I'm gonna okay. let you slaughter it apart as as you'd like to. <laughs> okay. Um, you know we uh, so what is Dub? So Dub is a video communication platform that allows people to communicate with video. It's asynchronous. You can send videos on Gmail and LinkedIn, and it gets trust and relationships, and it's the next best thing to to real life. Right. So we we have this problem that we have to struggle with where some people understand what we do and they know what's out there and they're like, oh, I just need a solution. You guys are great. Let's do it. Other people are like, I don't quite get it. I, I understand what Zoom is, but no one's going to meet me in Zoom unless we have some pre-existing relationship or there's some reason to do so. Mm -hmm. So we have this kind of twofold struggle of a we want to have them understand, educate them. You know, as their confusion goes like this, our education goes like this, and that alignment is like our deal close. Um, oh, and also in the process, show them what the product is. So of course, we try to use the product whenever we can. Mm -hmm. So I think ultimately what our pain points are, are how do we get our, our language to be empathetic, compassionate, not waste their time, and at the same time, showcase a new technology, a new method, a new medium. Sure. And could I ask what you're saying now? What are some of the things that you're teaching people to say out of the gate when it pertains to your platform? I'd love to get two minutes of your time. Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, okay. So our language mostly is 
we're we're 90% an inbound company. I have to start with that. We okay. we're 90 so I have to start with that. You know, kudos to us that we're inbound. But we're we're never satisfied. We're like that song from from Hamilton. You know, we're never satisfied. We want more. So we try we try to do a lot more. We're trying to do a lot more outbounding we're trying to do more kind of email stuff if people have just a little bit of a tickle on what we are maybe they we see them on linkedin you know that's a good time for us to be like hey we noticed that you checked out our linkedin post we'd love to have you understand there it is i'd love we'd love to yep okay um, you know and it's we autopilot so it's a and weird, it's autopilot yeah exactly it you does. just caught yourself that right. was brilliant absolutely yeah. brilliant Go yeah for it. all right that's so, it that's it you get it right. so you basically say you checked out our profile and we'd love to show you what we have that's okay. that type. That's a that's a common vibe that I've seen some of okay. our language be. Yeah. And mm -hmm. what I would say, like I said earlier, is lead with the problem that mm. there's so much noise out in the world today that email messages are falling flat. You're trying mm. to get in front of a prospect, but you can't because you sound like everyone else. There is a new platform or a great way to be able to beat the noise and get around all that crap and then being able to talk about your platform and the value that they would get from it. Not, it's a great this and we can do this and we help thousands of people all over the world and we can help you double and triple your closing rates. Nobody believes that crap anymore. And we and we definitely put some of that stuff in our in okay. our copy. We we talk, we talk, we, I actually went through this process of reading this uh, book called Building a Brand Story, Dan Miller. I don't know oh, if yeah. you know the text. Yes, I know it very well, yep. So, so we went through that process and there's this whole kind of equation and I don't like equations because everything is different, especially now it's so, so dynamic. Oh, and yeah. stuff. But you know, there's this idea of identify the problem, provide a solution, you know, blah, 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 go through the social proof, so on and so forth. So w what's very rooted into our copywriting is, is, um, uh, social proof validation. Yep. So we, we always try to do that. We always try to, um, Say twenty five thousand businesses use Dub, you know, X Y Z companies, Fortune five hundred. You know, we we drop that stuff because mm -hmm. we feel like it validates us. So, how can you recommend that we maybe uh, avoid that language or present it in a different way that's more authentic? Uh, for sure, I would say don't lead with that yet. Pique their interest. Let get them to want to lean in and have a conversation. And then that stuff becomes relevant to them. Because if someone said to me, I was recently buying, redoing my kitchen and I was buying new countertops. And if someone said to me, well, you, you need quartz because every almost every house now is putting quartz in there and you're gonna mm. love them and they're fabulous and they, they're th this, that and the other thing. And you're telling me what I want versus first finding out what my pains are. First saying, look, more and more homeowners are choosing quartz because they're this much more durable. Or in the past, everyone chose granite and there were so many houses out there. Granite's overused now. Now people are going to quartz because of these reasons. And, and like start piquing my interest a little bit so that I go, oh, okay, so I, I do want to find out more about that or that does interest me. And messages have to peak interest before you get, if you, if you can't get someone's attention, you'll never get their business. And you don't get someone's attention by talking about yourself. That just mm. doesn't happen. Think about a blind date. I've been on a number of them. And if I have to listen to someone talk about themselves instead of it being a conversation or a reason why I should listen, then all it is is just somebody trying to sell me on themselves. Mm. And that doesn't work. So if you know the struggle that someone's having, whether you're selling 
your services or whether you're selling web design services or dog walking services, you better know the issues that your clients are facing and if speak to that to get their interest and then you ease your way in there and then invite them into a conversation. So it's, it's, um, it's one of those things that in t when I'm working with companies, I will ask them even before day one of our training, they will send me hundreds of emails and correspondence to get a baseline of how they're already talking to people. And then from there, we get in and we mash things up, pull things apart and put things back together again in a way that aligns with who they are, their company and how they want to communicate to their clients. Everyone is different. So I could never say this is the best way to write an email. It really depends on the type of company. And you're in a unique situation because video is the new thing. Video is becoming that the mechanism that gets people's attention. But it only does it if it's not self-centered, it's client-centered. Right. And you Did know, you one of... I was going to say, you could send a great video, but if you send a video that says, hi, my name is, and we have this great platform, then it's the same thing as sending a self-serving email. Right. <laughs> so and, it and, doesn't help. And, you know, one of the challenges, I'm glad you brought that up because one of the challenges, you know, as a technology platform is that it's not just the technology that we're selling per se. It's mm -hmm. it's also the the format. It's the medium. It's the way. It's the coaching. It's the way in which you should use this yes. powerful medium, and that is something that's extremely challenging for us. Because how do you teach? It's like using the technology is one thing, and that's a whole huge aspect of our business because mm -hmm. there's a lot to it. Right. I mean, we make it easy, but there's still a lot of moving parts. And, but at the second time is like best practices. Yes. And that's why, you know, as, as kind of before we started and went live, I kind of mentioned to you that we love to promote people in our community, mm -hmm. people like yourself that provide this type of service, because it's not something that we do a great job at. It's, it's extremely challenging. I mean, right, right now, when you, when you sign up for a free account on Dub, there's like six videos that you'll get in the free account in the dashboard. They're okay. You know, they're okay. We, we shot these in Vegas a while back. They're probably a little bit outdated. I'd love to see kind of a reboot on those. But it's almost like I'd love, like, I'm just, my ideas are kind of rolling here. I'd love to have sample videos from someone like you that other people can see. And, you know, maybe that's good for you because if they want to be hired and, and work with a coach like yourself, right. then it's a, it's a perfect kind of no-brain no -brain situation. But these are just ideas that come to my mind. But at the end of the day, it's not how you're saying it, it's what you're saying. And Dub is the pipes, but without information that we get from you, Liz, from these great books that are on my other monitor here, actually, I just counted, I think there's six books in total, um, you know, we're not going to be successful. So I, I'd love to have you get into some of the stuff that you've learned in writing some of these, these, these great books, The Rainmaking Mindset for Attorneys, The Heart of Authentic Selling. Um, this is powerful stuff. Like, what's been that process like been for you? Well, for me, I've always been for the last, oh, probably seven years, I was committed to writing, maybe not every day, but I would write an article or a LinkedIn post or whether it was a blog or even a copy for video. And I found myself having all these ideas in my head and wanting, I had a lot to say, and but I had to make sure that I was able to get them out of my head, out of my mouth, onto paper to be able to teach people the process of how to connect, how to engage, what to say, how to say it, and all the way down to how to follow up with people. I am tired of 
hearing people say to me, I'm just following up. I'm just touching base. I'm just reaching out and checking in. And about five or six years ago, I started talking about the F word, follow up, and how that F word is causing so many people to have to work twice as hard. And the reason why is because every time you send a message with an F bomb in there and say, I'm just following up, I'm just touching base, what it does is it causes you to for sure have to send another two or three messages after that. Because anytime you're just following up, sends a message to the person that I'm just trying to annoy you, just trying to stay in front of you. I'm just following up to make sure you haven't forgotten. I'm just following up to see if you had any questions on the proposal that I send you. Well, if I had any questions, wouldn't I ask you? Mm. Why are you following up with me, wasting my time with that message? So it's everything from how to connect in the beginning to show people that you really do care, not from a I'm going to make it sound like I'm authentic and make it sound like I care. How do you do it from your heart, not your head, all the way down to the follow-up process, to the way that you stay engaged with people and communicate with them, whether they say yes or no in the moment? Because a lot of times people won't buy today on the spot, but if you nurture them in the right way, with the right language, with the right communication, they stay engaged with you. But if you Mm. don't, then you lose them. So in both of my my, my two recent books that came out last year was The Heart of Authentic Selling and Sell Without Selling Your Soul. And I break it down from how to speak to people in a way that opens them up versus shuts them down. How Mm. do you get people to say, wow, this message is different. I want to talk to this person. And again, it might end in a big fat no, but who cares? You showed that you were the type of person that cared and got somebody on the phone or or an email thread and they took a chance on you. And a lot of times people aren't even willing to take a chance and give you a sliver of their time because of the way the communication starts out. And I see a lot of this on those LinkedIn gurus and all the people out there, preaching and teaching that you can have a thousand qualified leads in your inbox and one day ready to with with people ready to give you their credit card and buy from you. Well, that's a bunch of BS. People want to talk to people. They want to talk to a human being. They want to understand, are you just in it for yourself or are you in it for, or are you really trying to help me? And the only way that we can do that is by having these heartfelt heart to heart conversations that are truly felt there's a community, there's, there's a synchronicity that happens with two people when you have those great heart to heart conversations. Haven't you had a conversation with someone, whether it's on the phone, face to face or on a Zoom call, and you are clicking and popping and vibing with this person, but it isn't because you're pretending to be authentic. It's because mm. you are, and you actually know how to get there. You know the type of questions that open people up or the type of questions that shut people down. For example, if I could show you a way to make more money with video, would you be interested in finding out more? If I could show you a way to double or triple your income, would you be interested in a, in a 20 minute phone call? Anytime you're asking a question like that, that sounds like 1985, people shut down. They don't open up. So it's re-engineering your language in a way that does cause people to not put the brakes on. So I write about that in my last two books. How do you shift your words just enough that it, it actually gets people to lean in, not back away? Nice. Very cool. And, and what is... Mm, yeah, go please ahead. go ahead. 
Oh, I was going to say that there's an old saying out there that it's not what you say, it's how you say it. It's, mm. it's I don't know, 40, 50 years old. And I've shifted that around. And it's it what you say, it's not what you say or how you say it. It's it. Well, it, no, the, the old cliche is it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Well, that's mm. BS now, because a lot of times we're doing things through email. It isn't about how you how you say it. It's what you say. It is what you say. It's the words you say that matters more. So that old cliche says it doesn't really matter what you say. It's how you say it. Well, if I if you're not reading my body language, you're hearing the inflection in my voice, then how do I really know that those words are going to resonate? So it matters what you say. If I say I would love to meet with you but I say it in a really nice, spunky way, I don't give a crap. You're still self-serving. But if I say, hey, uh, Ruben, are you, would you be open to sitting down and maybe syncing up our calendar sometime next week to have a conversation around? That's totally different. And it opens someone up. One, I'm inviting you to a conversation versus telling you I want to have a conversation. We have got to stop telling people what they need and what we want them to do. We have to invite them into that. And then they're more apt to come along for the ride. Mm -hmm. And how does language change as the, as the relationship develops? I mean, the thing that I connect to most is, is this idea of just being authentic, being yourself, not putting on a show right. in order to sell something and mm -hmm. to, to become a character. You know, the thing that, the thing that I, and I don't want to come off as being judgmental or anything, but the thing that kind of ticks me off is where I'm connecting with someone in sales or maybe not in sales, and then they have the that that vibe, the salesperson vibe, and then once that's over, the vibe is completely different. You know, I said, well, who's the true you? Yes. Oh, you know? good point. <laughs> and I understand life is you know Shakespearean, and this is just a big stage. <laughs> you well, and I are on one now, but but at the same time, <laughs> you know, it's like what is the most fun? And what is the most authentic and what just allows us to just feel real, you know? Well, I call that the old the old school bait and switch where I'm <laughs> one way on our first call and I'm really nice and I'm I'm uh, matching and mirroring you and doing all those techniques that feel fake to some people. And then all of a sudden I know you for maybe another week or so and now your personality is changing. And who I met two weeks ago isn't the same person as I'm meeting today. Right. People don't want that anymore. They would rather you be upfront, out of the gate, the, the person that you really are. But a lot of people are afraid to be that because they think, well, I can't really say that. Can I? Can I really push their buttons like that? Can I really question their, their response? And if I was talking to a brand new person and they said, you know, we're, we're, we're doing okay. You know, we're, we're closing almost all of our sales. And I, you and I know if someone says that, that's probably a, a bunch of BS because no one closes all their sales. Mm -hmm. And instead of saying, okay, well, uh, I appreciate it. Well, if something changes down the road, let me know. Mm -hmm. And then you lose an opportunity there. And the reason why people might give you an objection like that is because they're afraid of what you might do to them. <laughs> you know, that reminds me the other day, my, my son, six years old, said, you know, I was watching TV, he was having dinner. Um, he said, I finished all my vegetables. And I said, oh, that's great. So I go and I say, how many vegetables did you have? He's like, I had a carrot. <laughs> 
So he's closing all of his deals. <laughs> That's right. And, and but people are afraid that the salesperson, because they're trained or the professional is trained to say, oh, that's not true. So let me go in with my hard hitting tactic that I learned last year in sales killer sales training school. And it's not about that. It's it's about saying, oh, my gosh, how are you doing that? What what? What, what, that, I never hear that. Or Bob, thanks for saying that. Re I rarely talk to someone who's closing every deal. You must have a secret and I'll have a conversation. Then I'll say, well, then let me ask you a question. If you're closing everything, how, why the heck did you get on a phone call with me? <laughs> why are we talking today? Like I, I'm okay because that's who I am. I'm a Jersey girl at heart, but I'll say, I'm a little confused. You, if you're closing almost everything, why are we talking? Well, I'm not, maybe not everything, maybe, uh. you know, and then, but it's, it's, I'm not calling them out with a tactic. I'm calling them out with just being real and saying, then what the heck are we wasting each other's time for? But I wouldn't, I wouldn't speak that way, but it would, I, it would be as if a friend said something to you and you're like, oh, come on, man, that doesn't make any sense. Were you really believing that or you're buying that? We talk to people we know that way and we're afraid to talk to strangers that way. And I'm not, and, and it's, it's a little bit of pushing the envelope, but I always say doing it from the heart, not the head. Like you don't want to do it with your ego. You want to do it from your heart and just mm. say, I get it, but why are we talking then? <laughs> so right. it's, yeah. And, and that's just one of many, many, many examples, but it's okay to actually get real with someone, but you can only get that way. If you get out of your head, if you're in your head, you want to use tactics. If you speak from your heart, you use a completely different language. Head is connected to the ego and the heart is connected to your body. And that's where that authentic language just winds up leaving your lips in a really nice way. <laughs> and okay, that's cool. Now, my question for you is in your, so you created some content. I gravitated towards your content. I invited you to be on this podcast. That is the definition of quote unquote inbound or, or mm -hmm. demand yeah. generation, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I love that model and it's and it's so powerful. And now, of course, you and I have a relationship and we can promote you, we can promote us. It's so it's such a healthy thing. There's a lot of people that I think feel like they're a year away or a hundred thousand dollars away or ten team members away from getting to that point where they can flip the script mm -hmm. they feel like oh i need a thousand followers first i need you know my linkedin profile i, I just i'm connected with like 300 people on it right yeah how do you flip that and how do you get ahead instead of behind and is that all sort of something that's in our minds what a really good question gosh no one's asked me that question ever so wow that's good i what just came to me is the typical uh you know i'll when I meet someone, I'll quit smoking. Or when I lose weight, <laughs> I'll go to the gym, right? I mean, well, let me lose weight before I go right. to the gym. And in my, what I hear is that's what's going on in the head. And it's just more excuses to not do the work you need to do. It's, it's those reasons and justifications for putting the pause button on your life, on your business, making a great income. You are where you are, and that's the place to start. Stop buying into your own BS. If you're a salesperson trying to sell sell yourself on those on those excuses, you're gonna you're gonna leave money on the table. You are where you are. Move forward where you are. 
Yeah, it's. I think a lot of a lot of us we we feel like we're in the shadow of people that are larger than us, bigger than us, with more reach, and we're in the audience and they're on the stage, and we're just supposed to sit here and just sit in our chair and just watch them do what they do as they get. I mean, they're because it's all exponential. Sure. Right, and unfortunately, I I was stuck in that mindset, and this is why I was this is why I brought it up because typically mm. I think the reason why people th- bring things up is because they probably went through some struggle in their own life. Yeah. Not to make this about me, but I the reason why I want to share this is because every single day I talk to people that are stuck into this mindset, and I always remind them, I'm like, I was there, I had this and I had that, and I felt like I didn't have this, and then I realized I was like, you know what? No, 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 no. I just have to make a choice. And I'm still on my path. I I can look at myself and say, I'm still on my path. I'm a student and I'm learning. But at one point I realized uh, there's this great quote from Confucius that I love to that I love to share. And it's it's this idea that we have two lives. You know, we have the one that we're living right now Mm -hmm. and then the the life, the life that we that we want to have. But the, re- the, the second that we realize that that second one is the first one and that it's really one life, it's, we become non-conditional based yes. in, our, in our aspiration. Mm-hmm. You know, here we are with whatever we have, with whatever resources we have and whatever struggle. And those struggles, I have learned, are our best opportunity. They really are, especially when you see them as opportunities and you see it as something that you can turn around on your own. But there's something, I don't know where I heard it, Tony Robbins, Wayne Dyer, whoever, my my gurus, where there's always one thing that you can do. So if someone says, oh, I just can't do video yet, I only have 300 subscribers. Mm-hmm. All right, well, then if someone said that to me, I'd say, all right, well, you have 300, but what's one thing you can do tomorrow to get 310? or maybe start growing your list. What's one tiny action that you could take today? Because there's always a choice to take an action. You can either sit in your chair and and sit in the status quo, or you can look for a little tiny action. It could be massive action or small action, Mm. but you're at choice to stay where you are or move your foot forward. Everyone is in every moment, in every situation. And excuses, you're either making excuses or you're making money. You're either making <laughs> excuses or you're figuring out a way to make future money. That's right. really where we, where we all are in any moment. And I struggle too. I have days where I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't want to do anything today. But I actually honor that. If I ever have a day where I'm feeling so low energy, I'll grab my bike, I'll go out for a while on my bike, I'll take the dog, I'll go for a walk. I know that's the wrong energy to be doing any prospecting. If if I'm in a bad mood, I'm not sending an email to anyone because I know that that's going to translate on through the through an email. I'm not going to shoot a video if I'm pissed off. I'm going to do it when my energy and my spirit and my soul are, and my head are all aligned and then I'm going to kill it when I do it. I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it with my highest and best self, not my half-ass self. That is so that is so important. Uh People read in which the mood that they're in and people write in which the mood that they're in sometimes. Now, when yep. those two misalignments happen, it's, it's chaos. It's a communication <laughs> breakdown, right? And, um, you know, I love this idea of clearing your mind, you know, taking the dog out for a walk. One of the things that we recommend people to do is do your sales videos mm-hmm. 
through the Dub Mobile app when you're on that walk, when yes. you're in your vibe, when you're in nature, because that in that moment, you are at peace. <laughs> you are. And it's alignment. I think our cars run better when they're in alignment. Right. We're better when we're aligned. Anytime we're out of alignment, we, you could feel it. I don't know about you, but I know when something's not right. Sometimes I can't put my finger on why I'm in a bad mood or why something rubbed me the wrong way. But I know that that feeling is a signal to me that I've got some cleaning up of my energy. I, before I do anything and do it well, I've got to figure out what that is and go, oh, that's right. That email did piss me off. Let me, let me shake that off just like a dog you know, does when they're, they do their business and they kick some dirt over it. Kick some dirt over your, your stuff mm. and move on. But you can't keep carrying the weight of the moment or the day into your next activity and expect it to be great if you weren't great in the moment you were doing that activity. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of misalignments, you know, here's, here's some, some hooks on some LinkedIn posts that have just brought me in on a massive, massive level. Okay, I'll just, I'm gonna recite these from memory. Okay. Um, you know, I'm a single mom of three and uh, you know, being a, a business owner has been one of my biggest goals. And here are some things that I've learned in the process. Um, I'd love to get your thoughts. Uh, I saw something like that, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know if they said I'd love to, but I just okay. added it. <laughs> My guess is they did. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I read that and I was like, wow, you know what? That, that person's brave. And I was mm -hmm. super engaged. I was connected with them and they could sell me anything. I'd probably buy it. Yeah. Because of, I don't know, compassion or curiosity, vulnerability. Yep. Here's another one. Um, you know, it's been uh, three years since I've been sober and I have so much gratitude for all the people that have supported me on my path. That's it, wow. that's it, something wow. like that. Wow. And that was another one and I said, you know what, not a lot, a lot of people have the guts to say stuff yeah. like that. Alcoholism, yeah. depression, you know, mental health issues. Here's another one that I recently saw. Depression survivor, anyone, else out, anyone else out there? <laughs> oh, wow, that's big. Yeah, that, that takes a lot to type that in and hit send and put it out there for the world to see. It does. It, I'm getting the chills just thinking about it yeah. because the, the, the effort that it takes for us to be vulnerable like that and to not talk about our business and to not say, I'd love yeah. to get these two minutes of your time to sell you something and to actually connect on that human basis, that's, that's one of the hardest things to do. I, and I feel it, like a lot of it is society in terms of what we've been told and with mental health and with weakness and just having to be right. perfect, you know? And there's also the illusion out there that everyone is perfect and we know we're not. We're all flawed. We're flawed. We all have things going on in our lives. And all the people out there on social media posting their Lamborghinis and their $100 million months that they're having, I call BS on that because if, if, that, if, if success was that easy where all you needed was one template for LinkedIn to, to, to create a million dollars a month, come on, one template or one easy email to send to all of your prospects, there's no such thing as one easy, easy anything. It's figuring out what, what is right for you from your internal alignment. And let's say you do download that one perfect template. You read it and go, ooh, this doesn't sound like me, but you use it anyway, or you use someone else's language and you know it's not aligned with who you are, I promise you, you will get zero response. 
or very few responses because you're using someone else's words that don't resonate with you. I, I challenge people to find words that light you up, that feel good in you. Then it's going to land on the other person in that way if you send it from your heart in your, your own words, not someone else's. And there's too many people out there trying to sell people on the one script, the one closing technique that works every time. There isn't one closing technique. In fact, there probably isn't even any closing technique because if you do everything else really well in your sales conversations, the sale tends to just fall into place. You mm. don't need a closing line or hardcore closing line. You want to ask for the business, but you don't need closing skills. These people that teach 48 closing skills and it's it's just ridiculous. If we just scale back a little bit, understand your customer at the at the level that shows that you understand them by creating messages that convey that I know your I know what you're going through. The business owners we work with are struggling with this. They keep telling us they are uh, finding issues with this or um, the web designers that we work with tell us that this is their biggest pain that they're having or they're having trouble getting front of, in front of clients. You want that person reading the email to go, oh, wow, she knows what's going, she must know what's happening in my world or he must really, he must be a fly on the wall. When you write your emails like a fly on the wall that you know what's happening in their office, that's how you get engagement. That is how you do it. It's not making it all about you. Mm. Wow. And be vulnerable. And not to the not vulnerable like the examples you you said in an email, but being vulnerable by saying, "I know this is likely what you're going through, and if you are, not I'd love to schedule a call." Are you open to hopping on the phone? Do you have some time in your calendar? Invite me. Don't tell me. That's that's a tweet right there. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, so here's here's a question for you. Okay. And I'll, I'll keep it to 280 characters to make it another tweet. Okay. How much should how much time of a CEO schedule should be on selling? Ooh, well, it, I guess it really depends on the activity they're doing, how well they're doing it, how effective their process is. So there's a lot of a lot of layers and parameters into that. I'll call myself a CEO. And for myself personally, I prospect about an hour and a half to two hours a day, all broken up, completely broken up throughout the day. I might do 20 minutes in the morning and then a little a little in the afternoon and a little bit before I log out for the day. I'm, I'm constantly prospecting and I don't mean I'm out there hunting for business. I'm reconnecting with people. I'm engaging in conversations. I'm scheduling Zoom calls and I'm inviting people into my world. So for me, it's two hours and or an hour and a half to two hours. Some days it's only an hour because I'm so freaking good at it now. And so I know exactly what I want to do and who I want to talk to that I could shrink it down into 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes in the afternoon, and I'm done. And then the rest of the day could be writing articles, doing Zoom calls, podcasts like this, and knowing that I've planted my seed in the minds of many by putting something on LinkedIn or reaching out to people in the best way that I know that I can because I'm grabbing their attention. And mm -hmm. I know that my message is hitting the mark because I'll get emails back that say, hey, thanks for your message, but right now we're okay. Or can we talk in a couple of months? Or, hey, I never really thought about that. 
can we hop on a call? And then I know that things are working. When I'm getting nothing back, that's my, that's my test that I may need to tweak something. And what is your, I mean, if your target audience is, I'm guessing maybe a VP of sales, chief revenue officer, CEO, CEO, what is, what is your, your favorite pitch? What, what has worked for, I, I don't want to say, I don't want to ask for your, your, your golden, your script that, cause I know that doesn't exist, but lately, what are people resonating with when you communicate with them? Well, they're resonating with COVID-19 for sure. Okay. They're resonating with their whole business has been turned upside down, trying to scramble to figure out what is the next best move. They, they have nobody to talk to or a resource to go to, to bounce some ideas off of. Um, and they're, they are realizing that what they were using just four short months ago is no longer hitting the target. They know they need to make a switch or a, or a, a pivot somewhere or a slight tweak somewhere. And they know they have to, but they don't know the first step in looking into a solution to find that. So I might lead with something that says that, that you are likely right smack dab in the middle of what many other business owners are dealing with. And it's A and it's B and it's C. I don't know if that's exactly what's happening in your world, but if it is, that's when not, I'd love to speak to you. I'd love to jam my products and services down your throat. No, they want to, they want to be invited into a conversation with someone who's aligned with exactly what their problems are. Not talking about my solution yet, talking about what are you struggling with? Mm. So it's going in with their pains, problems, challenges and headaches and heartaches and issues, dilemmas, all of that stuff that we know we're all we all have right now. There's no perfect business out there. But if you have a solution that that fits a need out there, you better be out there getting in front of people and allowing them to and uh, allowing yourself to be able to invite them to share that. But if you don't pique their interest first and say, hey, I know your world. Hey, I know this is what's going on. You'll never get a sliver of their time. You'll never get their attention. So first would be to research your audience and find out what the heck is going on. And, and, I, and I, I hate this sentence, but I'm going to use it anyway. What's keeping them up at night? Don't ever ask anybody what's keeping you up at night. That is 1982 at its best. But, <laughs> but that's the mindset I want people to be thinking. There is something that's worrying a CEO, a VP. There's something that's worrying an owner of a company. There's something that's making them get ulcers. And it's up to you to understand that and then go speak to that. And then what happens is that CEO, that VP, that divorce attorney, that web designer says, oh my gosh, she knows what I'm going through. I'd be open to having a conversation with her. And that's the beauty of it. Um, I, and it's so simple and it's so easy, but people don't want to speak like that. They don't want to do the work it takes to craft an email that lands like that. Right, right. Amazing, Liz. Where, where, speaking of conversations, where can we converse with you? Uh, LinkedIn, you're big on. Where do we find you? My website as well, which is lizwendling.com. And then okay. you can poke around. I've got uh, pod podcasts on, uh, well, various podcasts on my email, I mean, on my website. Check out my books on Amazon. A lot of what we talked about today is buried in the pages of those books. I've got examples. I go so much more into language in those books with examples, what not to say, how to, how to tweak it, and how to say it in a way that gets people's attention at, versus getting you deleted.
There it is. Amazing, Liz. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Appreciate really it. Really appreciate it. See you. Bye-bye.